I'm a mythical Pandora, sent here to judge the universe. Do you have any idea what the weapon is? It could very well be a planet killer. I would really like to go on this mission, Admiral. Imagine having the power to annihilate entire worlds, and even the stars themselves. Humanity is worth saving. What have you done? Pandora. New episodes premiere October 4th, free next day, only on the CW app. If you like listening to Inglorious Trexperts, you'll love watching us. Really? Wait, how? I, guess, I guess you will. I guess you will. But how, how can one do that, Mark? Now you can download the free Electric Now app featuring video podcasts of The Inglorious Trexperts, The 430 Movie, Best Movies Never Made, and tons of free TV, movies, and more. You're saying it's so all, all free? All free? I'm saying it's free. 100% no free. 100%. There's no Patreon. There's no premium fees. There's no electronic frontier. Well, there's no All excuse there not to get it then. There's no excuse not to. That's what I'm saying. So download the Electric Now app today and start watching us right now. Need to make a call? Look for a police call box. That's where you'll find Two on Who, the new Doctor Who podcast from Electric Surge. Two on Who is available wherever you listen to podcasts. You must learn to listen to the rebel and the rogue, or you will not be allowed to come with me to Alderaan. If you're a fan of the 430 movie, you'll love Best Movies Never Made, hosted by myself, Josh Miller. And Steven Scarlatta. Where we explore some of the greatest movies never made, like E.T. 2. Johnny Quest. Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian. And Halloween 3D. New episodes available every other Monday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman, and if you're a fan of the only gentleman secret agent with a license to kill and thrill, you should pick up my new James Bond oral history, Nobody Does It Better, available now in hardcover, audio, and digital, wherever books are sold. Do you expect me to read? No, I expect you to buy it. Welcome, this is Darren Docterman. And I'm Robert Meyer Burnett. And together, this week, we are the Inglorious Trexperts. <laughs> um, welcome, this is a, a little special episode. We're going to have, uh, we're going to talk from the toy box today. For, it, you know what, I talk from the toy box every day, Darren, don't you? <laughs> not always. Oh. Sometimes I have to talk from a more serious place, but not today. Today is for toys. And uh, this is a little continuation of the uh, episode we had last year uh, where we talked about uh, some of the early beginnings of Star Trek toys and, and TOS-related things. We're going to go a little farther into the future and, and hopefully be all over the place. We are joined today by a very special guest. He's been with us before, but... Um, we're so glad to have him back. Uh, uh, archivist, uh, 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 raconteur, uh, collector, and uh, uh, all-around knowledgeable fan, Rob Klein. Welcome. Why, thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> my God. Yeah, my God, I don't know. One stars. of those, I didn't know what it was. Racketeer? What no, was no, no, no. Oh, okay. Raconteur. It's okay. A, that's what they say Story about your prop business. Uh, yeah, <laughs> He's yeah. a racketeer. That was the best thing Don Rickles ever did for Frank Sinatra. I was like, you know, he went like, hey, Frank, ah, you know, <laughs> it doesn't quite work without the visual, but anyway. Well, no, welcome. Yeah. It's, it's nice to have you back. We're all Star Trek fans. We have to, we have to get excited about stuff, you know, that we're, that's cool. So, Well, you sound very excited. Yes, I am so excited <laughs> to uh, uh I have a question for you, Rob, right off yeah, the bat. I'd sure. love to ask you. Before Star Wars existed, Star Trek fans, and I know certainly this was true about me, and I know it's true of you and true of you, mm. we wanted to possess some kind of a material item we could hold in our hands. It wasn't just enough to be a fan. I mean, you start using your fingers. Instead of cowboys and Indians, we had phasers. Oh, our yeah. two fingers made phasers. You know, we could get a, a, a I would look at a box of band-aids with the flip top and even though it didn't quite work right. It flips. I was talking into the into the communicator that yeah. I would wh why do you think that is? 
What I, is it, man? Well, what is, I think I think when you look at the cowboy movies from like the you know forties and then the the television from the fifties, every kid had to have like the gun belt, the six mm-hmm. shooters, you know, the cap guns, and then what is you know. Six guns, six guns, and zap guns instead of phasers. What does is, what is Roddenberry <laughs> say? But, you know, Star Trek, we have the phasers. We have well, spaceships instead of horses and uh, uh, yeah. laser guns instead of six shooters. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I think, but I mean, you know, how lucky that we were able to see the coolest science fiction gun in the history of popular entertainment, which in my opinion is the phaser two. I mean, right. there's nothing... Cooler. To this day, by the way, I, I yeah. nothing better. So I think that we're reacting to. I mean, some. I guess the Lost in Space fans wanted, you know, those ray pistols, but sure. But they could already have them because there's those were Remco toys. Yeah, and the thing is, between uh, I know Darren, you're a little bit older than me, and then Rob, I'm not sure when you were born, but I, you know, it's funny when I'm e- old. Okay, well, Rob and I are a month apart. Okay, okay. So you guys have a couple years on me, but this is really crucial when you talk about toys and history because you're going to remember things that I wouldn't remember just, you know, being a couple years younger. So when I was in my sort of awareness of toys, to me it was the Mego, the communicators. So I never did not have, in my recollection, something that, you know, resembled the communicator. But for you guys, you probably had nothing for a time and were like, I got to have the communicator, right? I don't know about that. I think that my earliest recollection of toys like that were actually from uh, the Planet of the Apes. Mm. The the Mego collection for uh, Planet of the Apes was uh, um, I had a ton of those before the Star Trek stuff started. Yeah, I mean, I think that the f- the first Mego toys I remember were they made Superman and Batman. Yeah, and those were the first time, and that was Batman with the removable cowl. Right. Yeah. And then first issue, yeah, first issue. I remember those are the only two, and they came in the, the boxes, the rectangular boxes. And then there seemed to me after that sort of a deluge of toys mm. because that's a good word. Planet of the yeah. Apes and and Star Trek, the animated versions of both, right, were almost concurrent. Seventy three, right. okay. seventy four. See, I love hearing that from somebody because for me, I wasn't so aware of that. But that's fast. Mm-hmm. Certainly, the Mego line comes from the the cart the filmation cartoon. I mean, that's. Yes. It's it's not like He Man where it was like there's That's a toy what their line. Marketing was hinged on. Yeah, yeah, it was like oh, there's a cartoon. Mm-hmm. Well, then we better get these toys out, and uh, they they kind of look like the cartoon characters. They well, do. So did the Mego Star Trek figures too. There was exactly. a simplicity to them. Well, oh, that's what I mean, though. Yeah, yeah. And they and what was sort of they use that vinyl paperboard. They gave us the Enterprise. Yeah. Then, of course, we had right. the Planet of the Apes treehouse. Vinyl and covered sure. cardboard. Vinyl covered cardboard, yeah. which made it cheap to produce. Right? Yeah. And and it was colorful for kids. Yeah. And f- as far as toys went, they were pretty sophisticated. I mean, you had a utility. Uh, obviously, they had weapons or they had yeah. bandoliers on the Planet of the Apes uh, mm-hmm. characters. The Enterprise characters came with utility belts that actually had, I say utility belt because of Batman. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, But that the phaser could actually sit in it. Exactly. Fit in it and the communicator. And the communicator. Yeah. yeah. And they slid out. I yeah. mean, it was... These toys were pretty great. They, they were well designed, and also they were well manufactured because they try to, you know, do reissues today. And like, it's not the same. It's like the communicator won't sit in the belt; it fl- right. it'll pop out. So it's like you have to kind of hand it to the the, the seventies manufacturing transformers. Same things; they're all plastic. They're not. In my day, everything was metal. <laughs> well, the, the, like the yeah. wrist joints for the Mego figures yeah. were metal. They were, oh, right. yeah. they were at metals. first. At first, yeah, correct. Yeah. Right. First, they had like a big hinge, and then they went to big metal what they hinge. That you the could type see two body. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But what was interesting too is that it, I remember Superman and Batman being the first licensed figures that I had bought. But up until then, yes, for me it was twelve inch GI Joes. Uh, yeah, and this 100%. was not military GI Joes. This was. Post Vietnam, so it was the adventure, adventure team, team. Yeah, right. exactly. that introduced Kung Fu Grip. Yes, and and the first oh, that's all I cared about until right the world's greatest superheroes, which were the Mego, Superman, Batman, then later right. the Marvel characters. But then when we got to Star Trek and Planet of the Apes, all bets were yeah, off. Yeah, because scaling them down to eight inch let you have a playset that was something versus like the GI Joe twelve inch. It's like you can only go so high, right. and then it's ridiculous. You know, I mean, right. you can't do it. So. Just, and then Star Wars even took it a step further where they made them three and three quarter. Then it, I don't know if you guys got on the Star Wars thing or. Oh, yes. Okay, okay, Absolutely. of course. We all did. 
The uh, early bird set was a big deal with mind me. blower. <laughs> we had the Princess Leia gun lost before we got the because my mom had brought it uh, the in the car. The moment the package opens, yeah, the, the it gun was gone. Is lost. We yes. might as well just thrown them all out the window and just cut to the chase that day. But well, know. it's interesting that the whole uh, the whole Kenner Star Wars line uh, kind of. Uh, killed the Mego toy line. Hundred percent killed it because because these smaller toys were first of all they were cheaper, um, and second you could have a lot more interesting play sets right. to play with them. And I'm going to jump forward a little bit to uh, when Star Trek: The Next Generation came out, and the Lewis Galoob toy company mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. was given the uh, license or uh, you know bought the license. Mm-hmm. For the next generation. Oh, nothing was given. And no, yeah, nothing, at that nothing point. was given. Yeah. But they started with a Star Wars figure size yeah. uh, uh, attempt at uh, recreating the characters from Star Trek The Next Generation. Um, I think they were a little more posable, if I remember mm, correctly. They, they, I'll tell you what, they, they had the phaser in the hand yeah, permanently. The right, in the hand. right, yeah. right, right. And I think they just were like, you know, four points of articulation right, in the head right. move. But they did, they did at launch, they made like the Antican and the Sele delegates. Oh. From, from, so you, so you have Those like are a the, lot of fun for The kids. dog creature and the, and the, okay. the snake creature. And they made the shuttlecraft. Yes. Well, we, we, right. we have to get into the, the weeds with this um, because this is what I find hilarious. Actually, and I, to, to respectfully, Please correct the the aliens was the second wave for the mm, for the okay it? so here's what's hilarious so we have the going back to the Mego we have like the Enterprise crew and then we all know about there was like a third series with like weird aliens that didn't right. look anything like them from the show and then they even did like another one and there was like the the Romulan you guys remember right. that one yeah, yeah okay those are the most valuable ones because most people are like what do you mean there's a Romulan. Yeah, I never you know saw I mean? those in yeah. stores. Cause, it's like because they usually didn't make it. To right. So when you find out all oh, this was true, everybody goes back and wants the Romulan because he looks great, and no one knew. Well, here's so we're in like Kmart, and I see the second wave of those aliens from the Galoob line, and I'm going like, okay, here's the alien, here's the next wave. I'm like, right, I should buy them all, but there's no way history is going to repeat itself and have these be valuable, you know, or, or scarce because everybody knows. Right. Well, they actually are the ones from the line because there was like, you were saying all these weird ones. Like, but they actually, the Antican and the Sele delegates actually appeared in the first season right, of Right, right. And, and there's also a cue from the there's same line. There's a there's from the same line, that's right. Right, right. And, uh, but those are the ones that, from the line again, that seem to be the most sought after of, of the next gen from that era. And then there was also an Enterprise that was a prototype that was on the back of that the alien wave, if you flip the card back, it right. shows a, an Enterprise. A picture of it, yeah. Yeah, and it was like, oh, okay, this is getting legit now. And, of course, that never came out. Well, they did make yeah. the, the shuttle, though, as you mentioned. The diecast, though, the, the diecast Enterprise, right. where the, the, which I still have, the saucer section and the, and the drive section, that was really cool because it combined – it was made by Galoo. Yeah. But it was like getting a corgi or a dinky right. toy cause, and, and it was accurate for the most yeah, part. Yeah, and it harkened back, like you said, to the dinky or the, the, the corgi. Right. Uh, enterprises, Metal. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I wasn't. Uh, I was sort of like not intentionally boycotting, but wasn't paying any attention <laughs> to a next generation. I was still like freaking out that you can get the uh, episodes on, on on videotape, right? And just rewatching the same seventy eight or seventy nine all over again. So I came into next generation. Um, down the road, right? But I I, res- I respect that show and and have, have come. I know you tease me a lot, but. Uh, I like I like uh, data, data particularly a sure, lot. It's it's fine to like data. But yeah, 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 yeah. I think on the heels, the Galoob toy line failed. It did it for did. next gen. Horribly. Well, was, now, why did it fail? You guys think? Because kids don't want to take their action figures and pretend to go have a conference. Right. <laughs> that's, that's why. That's kind of the show. That's yeah, that okay. was the show. Yeah, you're, and okay. you're right. The, it's because the show didn't appeal right. to kids. Right, it did not. You're right. You're absolutely right. And that C- happened, certainly by the way, in that first season. People should learn, like, you know, I always joke about Mego doing black hole figures because right. everyone oh, yeah. always wanted an Ernest Borgnine. Oh, yeah, Harry Booth. In two different scales. Yeah, yeah. who's even more, who's, who's even, they, well, I would say he takes the cake. I, I actually wanted to go up to Ernest Borgnine uh, while he was still with us. He'd be doing those autograph shows. I was like, does he do those shows? Because I wanted to come up to him and say, sir, congratulations, you have the world's ugliest action figure. You know what I mean? In and, two sizes. And, and, in two sizes. It's oh like three and three quarter and twelve inch. And they didn't even slim him down. No, 
They they why did why didn't they give him a better spacesuit in the black hole? They're like, here, put on these brown pants and this sweater. It's like, gee, I mean, remember him? Remember that's oh he, yeah. You know I what? Have, I have his outfit's missing, and it's like it, we can keep it that way. It's like it's okay. One you of know? the things that I'm grateful for is that a big chunk of my mind is not taken up by black hole. <laughs> it went into the black hole. Well, but I have to say that that coming on the heels of next gen was. Playmates Toys, yeah, which I think revolutionized in various ways, different ways, because it it was a combination of sort of super deformed Japanese figures, right? Because it wasn't the 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 they anatomy. weren't as photo real as the galoot. No, yeah, they they weren't as photo real. They were a different approach to the whole action figure genre. Slightly bigger heads, yeah. so you could see but, their but look you, on their you faces. You know what it is, though? If you just break it all down and psychologically, and I think this is an interesting thing because I'm not into it when this is all going on, so I'm looking at it as a Star Trek fan but not watching Next Generation. So my here are my thoughts from Next Generation. was like hearing from people. The captain never gets to beam down. On a, that, I mean, whether that's true or not, that's what I would always hear from people. So where's the fun in that? And then when you see the Playmates line, you're like, ah, they're taking themselves a little less seriously finally, which I mm. think was kind of okay for Next Generation from my perspective. Right. Well, that was the you, – you I, know? Think, I think that you just hit on something, was that the Playmates line of toys for Star Trek was fun. There was a charm to it that was missing it before. It was inherently yeah. fun that it, it wasn't photo real. Right. But it also, they went after the detail and the likenesses mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah. But there was something, because I don't like super deformed things. I don't, like when I get my Gundam toys, they're super deformed Gundam. No, I want photorealistic, okay. militaristic. But the 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 Playmates Star Trek toys did something new as yeah. far as licensed toys were concerned. I don't know if you felt that way. I I didn't at first, but when they started to release different versions of characters, that's when I realized, okay, they're doing something completely different. You went nuts for Picard in the gangster suit. Well. Because you wish that they just would just cut to the chase and make the Kirk. Well. You know, when they finally did, but it was, But they did interesting things because Playmates did incredible toy ships. Yes. Like when they put out the Vorcha-class Klingon cruiser it's great those are the no. ones that don't uh, they're they're different they, the figures don't go in those those no. are just spaceships These are that have electric yeah. replicas yeah. Of, and they did have let, sound effects and lights let and me tell like you what convinced me that playmates would be successful okay when they released their bridge playset oh yeah well, that was the greatest thing in the world it was the greatest toy ever released Certainly for next generation. I mean, even though the proportions weren't totally perfect, but yeah. it didn't matter because it, you could put the action figures in there, and you could. It, it looked exactly like the bridge from the show. It was That's great. The thing. Yeah. It was beautifully made. It, it was not skimpy. It was I mean, molded plastic, heavy I, molded. I plastic. love the old Mego bridge playset from TOS, but it's certainly nothing we ever saw on TV. It was sort of oh, no. a, a mishmash of. Whatever sort of uh, uh, drug-induced uh, uh, hallucinations the designers were coming up with, but the next generation <laughs> bridge was perfect. Yeah, and the back screens lit up, and the, they, see, I, I bought think, it, and I didn't even wasn't even watching the show because it was just such a cool toy. It's so I mean, cool. by that point, I knew what was going on with next generation, and they chose to put on the view screen the Romulan Warbird, which was one mm-hmm. of the coolest show uh, ships that was ever designed sure. for next yeah. gen. That yeah. we saw at the last episode, of the Neutral Zone. It, right. I mean, it. What I felt when I looked at those Playmates toys because they were stylized, they were stylized, right. heavily stylized, but you could tell. The people behind the this toy line they were really smart. Stuff. They yeah. were really they knew exactly like if you wanted them to make something, they were gonna make it. They got right. around to like you yep. said, Dixon Hill, they did Dixon Hill, yep. and they did and then of course they blew the doors off of it with their nine inch when they went to the nine inch. Absolutely. We'll get to that soon. Um but the other one they, they released a a really fun transporter chamber. Yes. It was that, like the, the, the light, um, what do you call it? It, it was like Pepper's yeah, the Ghost, Pepper's Ghost yeah. uh, thing yeah. where you put a figure in. You could look in the in the window on the transporter and see the figure standing there. You pressed yeah. a button, and it had the sounds that, yeah. that it and did. And it had a slide it control. Had, it had a slide control. It was so much fun. That's one of the greatest Star Trek toys ever. A- it, absolutely. Know, yeah. And they made an engineering playset that went with the bridge. That which, blew me away. 
I, I never I mean, got the engineering. It had set. the lights in the warp core. Yeah, there you go. I mean, but here's the thing with the, that blew my mind. I mean, this literally like you know shattered my brain for the, <laughs> in the world of toys. It came with a little black, like um, like eight, eight eighth inch like base that had these like two posts on either side, and the concept was you you clip it into the engineering. And I'm going, oh my god! If the if the the bridge has oh, hookups and it would bridge. and it would hook up, and I just the fact that they made good on that so far down the road, wow. I was like, that's awesome. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, yeah. No, and 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 I felt, you know, they they first started out as a next generation only right. line, and then they of course expanded, they expanded into and, and they released that box set of the original crew. Oh that my god, that was a mind blower. Yeah. yeah, with a with a, a cardboard representation of the of bridge. The bridge. Behind them. I mean, remember when they put that out? Oh my God! Yeah, I went crazy. <laughs> I went nuts. I, see, when the next gen bridge came out, I was like, "Are we going to get a TOS bridge? Let's right. hope." And then when they there kinda... was rumors flying around that yes, okay, well they have they have the TOS license. By the way, I'm in my I'm a, I'm a, I'm a man in my twenties. Sure. <laughs> now going, oh my God! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Playmates but, is going to do. But we deserve this from playing with so many <laughs> crappy toys in the seventies <laughs> to true. finally get. But I mean. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I've heard that there was a bridge prototype done, but you know, the never, TOS never bridge, released right. though. You know, as we all know. So, well, the yeah, and I think that the the great thing about the Playmates is that TOS really lent itself to the multiple versions uh, theme, where we not only did we see pretty much every character from Star Trek. Uh, I don't think. Did they do an Ambassador Kalos? I don't remember. They never did. They never but did. But they should have, because they never did Miranda. Right. Either. Right. Um, but I mean, from like, is, is there a truth, no beauty? Yeah. That yes. one? Oh my God. See, now you're. That's, that's... See, nowadays they'd put an LED in it, you'd open it up, and that's Ambassador Kalos would Go just right. crazy. give you an epileptic you know, seizure. But, yeah. but it yeah, would yeah. All, they would also Let's include hope. the visor to look at him with. <laughs> well, that'd be a whole other Spock. Just that's all they do is glue yeah, the, the visor Spock on him. Another six six ninety eight. You know that would have been amazing. Why not the Spock from Spock's brain? You know, you just you okay. Know. So let me ask you guys philosophically, what do you think changed? I felt like even as a little kid, when I was getting licensed toys in the seventies, even with Star Wars, mm-hmm. I always hated the fact. I'm like, why can't the land speeder? We talk about this before. Right. Why is the land speeder too short? Why is it not? I understand how much more could it have cost to make it look like the land speeder in the movie? Why did I have to get a white Tie Fighter right. with <laughs> with 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 the solar panels or whatever Shorter, that were yeah. too short, which was the wrong color? Yeah, and I'm supposed to be excited about these spring loaded uh, right. wings, wings that would yeah. pop off and that just wasn't a big one for me. Down. Yeah, yeah, and and I couldn't imagine it blowing up, and yet I looked at this and I'm even the color. I'm like, why can't they get the color of the TIE fighter, right? right? right, right. Like, could it not, was it cheaper to mold it in white plastic than this blue-gray? So I felt like, as a child, I was constantly insulted, even (laughs) even growing up, by the actual licensed toys I was getting. I'm like, my mom would buy me these things. I remember my mom brings home the TIE fighter, because it was hard to find one. She brings it home, and I open it up, and I'm like, ugh. My mom was annoyed. She's like, "I've looked for this for That's months." Hysterical. Why you don't will you like love, the tie why, fighter? Yeah, why don't you love the tie fighter? I'm like, "Mom, it doesn't look like." I mean, to get a real, a regular, you could get a model kit of right. Darth Vader's tie fighter, but they didn't make right. the standard tie fighter, so you right. had to go get the Estes model rocket. Sure. Right. Because if you built a tie fighter without the rocket part, it looked like. See, an now, accurate how old tie would you fighter. have been at this point? Like in in seventy, I'm t- that would have been like seventy eight, seventy nine. I'm TIE talking fighter. about from ten years old, okay, probably 11, to thirteen till yeah. Empire came See, out. See, so if I'm like eight, I'm going like kind of like yeah i don't know if it's my favorite toy you're a little older so you're right. actually going this is not the right, right. you know from, from screen paneling that i can clearly from 10 see years we're old, old enough to be angry yeah, at our yeah, toys yeah 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 <laughs> from, from, and and by the way this was because you know i would buy like dinky and and corgi toys yeah. and like the dinky it was from england so you yeah. get like military jets yeah, or you could yeah, get yeah. jerry anderson toys like the awesome. eagle transporter yeah. and yet the eagle transporter would be the wrong color it would be the, the shadow wrong. interceptor like just from the UFO white, wasn't white it was green right. and and so for our lives as a child i was constantly being insulted by the licensed what, toys what that i was you, okay buying. here we go for both of you, yeah. you what did you guys do when you opened the exploration kit and like the the communicators like you know an inch and a half now high. you see my my experience was different because my uncle uh, bought that kit and built it for me and put a light in the phaser and everything. Okay, that, but yeah. I was like 
seven years old. So it worked so in it your hand. So it was perfectly okay. sized for me. That's what I was going to say. See, it's the, the it, but see, you know, the, the, the Star Trek fans that were like teenagers in the sure. 60s watching. Yeah, yeah like, they were angry. Hey, man, what's up with the tricorder? It's like tiny, you know? Yeah. You know what I mean? But I'm like yeah. you. When I got it, it was the perfect size. I yeah. thought it was the greatest. That that looked accurate to, yeah. to yeah. my mind. And oh, by, oh, by the way, as a kid, I didn't understand the inaccuracies in the AMT model kit of the Enterprise. Right. So I loved my Enterprise. So and when I, I got when I, I got all four versions that I that yes. I built, badly. I still don't know what the inaccuracies are. It's fine by me. You know, when I got that dinky yeah. toy of the Enterprise, I looked right. at it and said, "What the hell is this garbage?" Now or I had the shuttlecraft that comes out the bottom. Right. I, I looked at this. Yeah. And I'm like, who? Who made like the dinky the dinky eagle transporter from right. space was awesome. Was it great? Yeah, I the th- colors were off, but okay. all you had to do was get the freighter eagle and swap out the. That's funny, you know. But the the when I got the Enterprise, I'm like, what? As a child, this was '76. I yeah. think it came out. When I bought it, I'm like, why is this so insulting to me? Like, why are you? What kind of adult is telling me that I'm such an idiot that I'm supposed to buy this very expensive toy when you're right. a kid? Yeah, it, was like, it was like 20 bucks. It was like, yeah, it was like 20 was bucks. A lot you of get money. it. And I'm like, it, how am I supposed to like this? And it wasn't until I became an adult that I feel that they, like hot toys now. Right. I'm a middle-aged man with one foot in the grave. Well, it's and because, now I'm finally getting it's because licensed toys. And you're going to pay $350 yeah, for each one. Yeah, but you know what? That's equivalent to 20 bucks when we were a kid. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, it's, yeah. It's just, as, it's just as insurmountable as 20 bucks was when you're six years old. I mean, it's people funny. ask it's me, true. why am I obsessed with toys now? Why do I spend $250 for a Star Trek or a Star Wars or a, a Marvel or a DC character? Yeah. And I'm like, because it took this long in my life. To get a, a a licensed toy that actually looks like the very and thing that because, I want a toy of. That's because I love that. These toy companies now are being run by kids who were frustrated in the seventies, like us. Like us. Well, can, wait, here's a controversial. Then, then, yeah. What do you guys think of the reaction figures? I think. Do you guys I, know? I, I mean, I, I, I okay. do. I okay. do. I have. I have pretty much all of the alien reaction figures. Yes, that they I released because they never made them. Because they never they, made. You get the crew of the Nostromo, and yeah. they're the re- they're the re-releases of what was of going what to was happen. Going to release. So that blew my mind. I was like, must have them. It's it's cool, but it's only cool in sort of a a, a retro state in your mind. It, it's it's cool if you're if you're reliving what you would have thought. As a kid, here's I don't know maybe because I don't I I didn't open them up and play with them. But but here's here's I I think I cracked the reaction figure and they should be paying me a consulting fee a to tell them this. Figure? A re- <laughs> yeah, re- yeah. The thing is, it's like it's great for the alien line because mm-hmm. that's what was coming out. That's you, genius. Right. But then when they're making action figures from a franchise that's like five years down the road in the toy development and toy technology they're making mm. back to the future, they wouldn't look like that anymore because toys got better. Right. So if they were able to say, what toy was that at the time? Well, it would have been like superpowers. Then back to the future must have at least that sort of level art- of, of articulation right. and so on and so forth. But Big Trouble in Little China, it doesn't look like a, an Obi-Wan figure because right. that's like 78 and Big Trouble in Little China that's interesting. 85. So to me, it's like they're, they're, some of them are really charming, but, yeah. but altogether you just can't go that route for I, every franchise. I agree with you 100%, yeah. by the way. With the Alien franchise, because those vaguely look like alien toys that would be, would have been made by Mego at the Star Wars sure, scale. Sure. right. Now, to me, when I look at a Big Trouble in Little China toy, I want Sideshow's Jack Burton that right. they made. Right. But but I think what, what's really interesting is, and this is something getting back to Star Trek, right. what I found very interesting about all licensed toys, especially when Mego was making Star Trek toys, mm-hmm. they're making toys for kids right. from a show that kids... It wasn't exactly kids, and it wasn't yeah. HR Puff and stuff. It was right. not. You you had to be a, a special kid to be watching Star Trek in the best yeah. sense of that. Sure. In the sure. best sense of that word, and and if you loved Star Trek as a child, yeah. as a child, right, as we did, right, you were a certain breed of of child, so you didn't want something that looked like a toy toy that right. your compatriots, your fellow children. Would want that's I mean so that's you why is that why the Galoob line maybe initially they went that route because they still had a seriousness but to that it. was but it had serious it had a seriousness to it yeah. but they were still they didn't realize that 
the real people that were buying Star Trek toys at the time were now adults. Yes, yes, right. yes. Kids today were playing, even in the late 80s, they're playing video games. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Kids, you know, a, a, a 172nd perfect model kit of the Millennium Falcon came out from Bandai. It's the best model kit ever made. Two, three years ago. Okay. That just came out. Kids today are not building model kits of the Millennium Falcon. They're okay. flying photorealistic Falcons in Battlefront 2 or okay. PlayStation 4. Or VR. Yeah. Or, or, or VR Vader. Or at least know. one of those, like, what do they call them? Those drone Falcons I've seen. Sure. Maybe that's something. I don't know. I saw one. Air hogs or something they call them. You mean you got to use your hands? Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's a, like a baby's toy. Yeah, but yeah. the way that, that I think that Playmates, the Playmates Star Trek toys, was a compromise or a way to appeal to both kids right. yeah cuz they were accurate and cool and they yeah. were made kid friendly right. but they still appealed in some strange way to me as an adult it and worked. it was it just it just worked it felt like a toy it had the the character charm in and there and the design of them were were sort of like what would an animated version of next generation look like yeah. that's what it felt like yeah. they were anime somehow but something new right? and i would say thank god we will never know about and i say that with <laughs> with love because we don't want to have every avenue explored i think with the oh, franchise. It's coming. Okay. But then they did things <laughs> like they made the idea of play sets was always a cool thing that that playmates yeah. also like you the they they had the balance of or not the the uh Corbomite maneuver playset that came with right. Baylock yeah. and yeah. then puppet Baylock. Yeah. Well, yeah. Here, here's the one that blew my mind. They had the Endorian and he not the Endorian um yeah, the Andorian. Yeah, the Andorian that, from... has, that has the pink furry thing right. from whom gods destroy. Right. And then what blew my mind, you open the thing up and the frickin' chairs in there. Right. The, the, yeah. the I know, what's the one from Dagger of the Mind? Yeah. But that well, they the reuse and whom gods destroy. Yeah, the, yeah. That's when I was like, okay, a, a huge Star Trek fan works yeah. at Playmates, if not many. So. Well, that, that's the great thing, <laughs> because they released Little Baylock and they called it Baylock's Puppet. They didn't release a, a, a figure called the Keeper, which was like right. half a Talosian, <laughs> half Baylock, and sort yeah. of half something else. No, oh, half Ruck. He was wearing Ruck's outfit. Right. It was just a, a, um, a cluster. It, it was, was a, just yeah. Star Trek, a, a, a mishmash of Star Trek yeah, thing. Yeah. But it's just a hodgepodge. It was, it, it was made by people who knew what they were making. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is awesome. And right. That, and that that sort of enthusiasm well, from their side. Yeah. fueled the enthusiasm in me, I know. Right. We all, we all love right. it, though, when the, the, the toy manufacturer people make mistakes, like, you know, they, they make uh, a mess out of the Star Trek 8-inch aliens, but sometimes it's funny, like, where they, 4LOM and Zuckus got switched. You guys remember <laughs> that name, from Star Trek? names got and, switched, And it's like, yeah. for, for, from now on, it's uh, 4LOM is Zuckus to me. That's, <laughs> you know, it's just, I don't want to hear the correct version. But, you, you know, know, at least by then, as, they, as the Star Wars action figure line they got better right yeah i mean the, the zuckus and dengar and you know getting the because be- you wanted that you, you needed all the bounty hunters that because you know, they were macho to. they were awesome yeah yeah uh-huh. but I, I think with star wars toys playmates it was the first time star wars star trek toys playmates made toys they knew for the first time, we can appeal to younger audiences. Yeah. Kids can yeah. collect these because the individual figures were not that expensive. And they came with stands, and they yeah. came with single-color tricorders. I mean, yep. they weren't detailed tricorders, but they came with tricorders. Part of the, part of the charm again. Yeah. yeah. So they had the charm of toys for children, but they appealed to adult collectors as well. Yeah. And that was the first time I saw a company, I thought, hitting it out of the park, working right. on Brilliant. both. They, it's a great toy line. I mean, they did other franchises that it didn't work so well, not because the toy wasn't fine. It was just like the Dick Tracy line, I think, Playmates did. Yeah, not not a big <laughs> one. Uh, but, you know, and then the Ninja Turtles, I think, was the that spawn was their big. That of was everything, their big. of course. Right. But, um, of course, I, they, they did a Ninja Turtles crossover with Star Trek. They had, I think I they had the Ninja those. Turtles in Starfleet uniforms, yeah. which is awesome. It's if you're a, a Turtles fan and Star Trek yeah. fan, I'm sure, yeah. If you're both. If you're not. I mean, I appreciate the turtles, but yeah, so to me, I I never got into that stuff. To me, it was just like, you know, when Kirk was in the uh, thrilling web space suit or stuff like that was a piece of the action. Well, that's what's so amazing about Playmates, because they did everything. Yeah. They did everything. The... Mugatu wasn't wearing red pants. It like, was in amazing. The, from the Mego line. You, you mentioned that spacesuit, Kirk in the spacesuit. Oh, my God. 
I, I, we never seen a, a representation of that in anything three dimensional. Certainly, and, and they did it in the small version, and then they went to the nine inch yeah, figures. That's correct. Nine inch was fun, and they yeah. did the mirror mirror figures. They yep. did the piece of the action figures. Right. Th- those were the first ones I think they did for the nine inch line. That was kind of non Starfleet. I remember it was a KB exclusive, and it yeah, was like, correct. wait a minute, you mean there's a Tommy gun in? Okay, I have to have that. Yeah, you know, remember that? I bought a case of those. Wow. And, and I remember, I, I mean, the fervor when they started releasing exclusives. Yeah. And you're like, I mean, I remember I, I suddenly, be- I got anxiety in my life. I'm like, <laughs> right. how do I get the KB toys, Star yeah. Kirk and Spock? I got to get a Beast friend that works at KB. And then it was the uh, the mirror mirror figures came out from the exclusives were from different stores. Oh yeah, it was just, just all being a holes about it though. Like at that point, they're and like, then the Amok know. Time Kirk and Spock. Like, yeah. how am I going to get those? Right. Well, speaking of Amok Time, the three and three quarter little diorama sets that you're talking about with Baylock's puppet, the last one they did was actually Amok Time. Did you ever see that one? Yeah, no. it's kind of hard to get. Yeah, but uh, it's really neat. Does it have the gong in it? And and uh, represented in the backdrop, yeah, uh-huh. done nicely. I might add. So again, you know, because we've been collectors our whole lives, how does and now even today, we're finally getting. They finally released a one three hundred and fifty scale model of the Katinga battle cruiser from Star Trek: The Motion Picture yeah. that can go with the one three hundred and fifty scale of the refit that came out like ten years ago. Wow, is that the one where the dish is like over twelve inches, fourteen oh, yeah. inches? Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. The model's like what, twenty inches long? Yeah, it's like a great, that. it's an incredible model. Right. Why do you think that Star Trek? I mean, after fifty years, there's still companies licensing and making toys. What is it about Star Trek and Star Wars toys that not only like they're the only toys? I leave my childhood behind. Well, I really never left my childhood behind. <laughs> That's a, I'm lying. Why well, do that? But in terms, in terms of, in terms of the toys and the things that are made. We've gone through a, a, a true evolution. Yeah. Why is it that even now, why do we as fans, whether you're Star Trek, Star Wars, any fans today, why is it that when we pick up a prop replica of something, and you know this, yeah. I mean, you, you've bought real props, you oh, own yeah. real props. Oh, yeah. What is it? Like, why is it that us, like, you know, people who love I Love Lucy aren't, you know, buying I Love Lucy Props, yeah, and they're not what like. Would it be like what this ashtray it? was on the mantle? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, yeah there's not why, much. Why is it that we still feel the need? I think it's actually very complicated, but simply defined in one word. It's like we just we want to touch greatness. We want to touch it. I think it's we want to. I think there's a couple things going on. Here's here's the first thing. The first thing is probably the initial reaction we had when we were a kid. We want to feel like we're part of this. We right. w- we want to we want to feel like you know we're in the Federation. We're traveling in space. We're adventuring with Captain Kirk and Mister Spock. We know them. Yeah, they're yeah, our friends. They're our friends. <laughs> um, that's one factor. Um, I think that factor still exists a little bit. Right. But I think the other factor is because it makes us remember how we felt back then. But that's true with toys, t-shirts, posters, anything that touches you in that yeah, way can but, do that. But does it really make us remember? Because I think it makes me feel the way I want to feel now. But it's all I don't want to feel the way I felt when I was nine. We are the same person. Are we? Believe, yes, we are. Uh, you know. So be- when you get your green Orion slave girl, does she make you feel when you have an action figure the way you felt when you were nine? <laughs> or does she, does Look, she made you feel your the reaction to the Green Orion Slave Girl may be different than mine. Um, Wait I a minute, don't... are we talking the nine inch version or the no? <laughs> Just, that doesn't matter. <laughs> but no, I, I mean, I, I mean, ultimately, I think that's a that's definitely a valid point. There is an element of nostalgia to absolutely. It. But when I look at say the figures that are coming out now, like QMX is now manufacturing. No, no, no. I I, I got it. Okay, go. It's that. We have fulfilled the desire of the child. You have we fulfilled have, the prophecy. We have, we have become our parent, and we have provided what we wanted when we were little. It just took us 50 years. <laughs> it just took us 50 years because that's how long it takes. But it's, it's a combination of the people who are making these things now were the disgruntled children of the past. Right, right. Those and are the reasons that some of the things are inaccurate because people are like, "Don't make it, don't make it accurate for these stupid kids," because 
I didn't have accuracy. They're not going to have accuracy. Well, I don't know I, if I anyone's do, saying that. I do feel, though, that, that when I was a child watching Star Trek, I didn't have any friends that watched Star Trek. And it bothered me. Right. And I did feel that when I did get toys... What were they watching, if you can remember, instead? Oh, Brady Bunch. Yeah, they were okay. watching even stuff, but at the time, Welcome Back, Cotter. Right. You know, right. Uh, Happy Days, sure. Laverne okay. and okay. Shirley. Okay. They were watching things like that, and those are fine, but yeah. I wasn't that. Like, Mego did make a Fonzie figure. They, and did. I did. they did. I did like. Thumbs up action. Thumbs up action, <laughs> yeah. and I would always have. I liked Fonzie when I was a sure. kid. Sure, sure. And I would have adventures with Fonzie yeah. as being part of the crew of the Enterprise. Did like, he get, put, he he get put in the closet because he's not, like, wearing, like, Federation attire? No. It's, like, into the closet. No, he was was a time traveler oh, okay, very cool. that, that he had been caught in the time stream because yeah. Fonzie could. He could travel through time. <laughs> well, and if You know what, you know what Bones, Fonzie's give favorite starship was? The NCC-1701A. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. That's hysterical. <laughs> but I, I do think that you know the evolution of toys, we take the, the action figures now. QMX is doing 12-inch because I only collect six scale figures right. now. Okay, what is that six scale? It's, just some... it's 12 inch. 12 inch. Okay, so okay. A six scale figure is one okay. sixth of a human being. Got so it, got it. That's what. I, and what's fi- interesting is six I, feet. Yeah, okay. So yeah. you just clicked in. I, math wasn't my thing. So but I, I'm well, still... I started out collecting six scale yeah. G.I. Joes. That's where I began yeah. as a five year old, six year old. Adventure I've, team ones. Adventure team yeah, ones. Yeah. Now go full circle. You've got QMX making. F- beautifully accurate figures of like Ricardo Montalbano's con from Space Seed that okay. even comes with the thing in engineering that he pulls out right. of the perfect you know and, beat, and beat him with or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the vacuum you, cleaner attachment absolutely yeah. and then you have a I tell a, it was never attached a six scale version of Kirk's command chair that you yeah. have as a USB perfect. connection nice. perfect nice. it lights up it makes yeah. sounds so the toys that you're getting now yeah. are perfect representations yeah. Yeah. Well, well here's the thing what hasn't been made perfectly yet that we mm. really all really want i would say has to be the the motion picture enterprise still i don't think has been tackled maybe as a model kit but not as, as an actual kit. product not as an actual product those little those little uh, uh ones with sound are nice the play the, that playmates made playmates or playmates? maybe even a like toy art asylum i think made them oh yeah, oh, oh, yeah. Well, art asylum made the bridge sets from enterprise okay that okay. were really nice and i was hoping they were going to do an original series bridge in that way where you'd buy the sections individually okay and okay. you could put them together as a bridge there have been great uh, different versions, like six, 12 scale figures are really big now. Yeah. And, and those. The high end, the high end ones is especially too. Right. Like, like you said, hot toys. Yeah, because well, they yeah, went, the, once Playmates lost the license, they stopped making uh, right, Star Trek toys. Right. People picked up the slack like right. Art Asylum and made much more photorealistic. And those were that's six, right. six inch that's tall right. Six inch tall figures. And they're great. Yeah. And they, they did like the first line of like Wrath of Khan that anybody ever did, I think, which is significant, right? Uh, Playmates did Wrath of Khan figures. Mm, but they were not packaged ra- as Rathacon. They were just, I'm pretty sure they, they were, were just sort of g- generic yeah, Star there was, Trek. Yeah, but yeah. they had Khan well, was, and his outfit and, and yeah. Kirk in the, in the Monster Maroon. From Generations. Yeah. No, they had it from Star Trek 2. I'm pretty positive there was never a Star Trek 2 box. Hmm. Not as an individual box marketed for Star Trek Two, because that's why Art Asylum, when they did the the Star Trek Two line, it was like, I don't know if this is what I waited so long right. for, but at least somebody's acknowledging. Remember, they had like the exclusive at the con where it was like Ricardo Montalban all burned up. Yeah, right. You know, he just came like in a bag again. It was like, <laughs> ah, it's not it's what I wanted. But... I think you might be right about that because Playmates did the motion picture, right. And, they and it did, was all generic yeah, Star yeah, Trek no, positive, right? And they did. Kirk and they, Scotty were from the Generations uh, movie figure release, so they were in their maroons, but they were part of the not from Rathacon from it that was movie. All sort of under the banner, yeah. Of then it had Kirk in the silver spacesuit that was cut out, yep. right? Right, and then they had the the girl, Kling, the female Klingons with the. Yeah, they, they did. They did like uh, Chang. They did Chang from Star Trek right. Six, but there was no line of right. Star Trek Six but, figures. Right. But they did. They they did all of the motion picture uh, yes. figures in the motion picture, and they also yes. had in each of them a section of the Voyager Six probe. Yes, right. So if you collected all of them, you could build right. Voyager Six. And then here's what totally. And I was like, I gotta build V'ger, and you're like buying all these characters. Like I don't know if I would play with Uhura. No offense, you know. I don't know, but you'd <laughs> open her and you put. But uh, and then like later they re-released Ilya, 
and right. she came with all of the Vija Probe, and I was oh. like, gosh, ah. you know what I mean? Because you just could have <laughs> bought that one and left the rest of them sealed. Because well. you only have so much space and attention you can give to each toy. But it's know? really interesting. Then Playmates manufactured Star Trek figures for J.J. Abrams' Star Trek 09, and they were terrible. What, now, who's, now, remind me, who it, was the, it, what was the line of? It was, it uh, was, play, it was Kirk, Spock, McCoy. It was oh, all the did. characters. They did the, Spock. The new actors, yeah. They did the new actors, uh, and they, they did... They were like... Were they, they, they did three and three, three, three quarter, quarter inch, oh, and then right. they did 12-inch figures. Yeah. And, and the likeness of Chris Pine was god-awful. Okay. One of the worst likenesses ever done for, for toys, and how they got approved, yeah. I don't know. I bought like the, Nimoy, the Nimoy yeah. Spocks I got from that line, and I, I didn't dabble into the new crew at all. Right. Just, you know. So they're continually, I mean, they're continual, continuing to make Star Trek toys yeah. now. Of course, Master Replicas made those great, the great uh, props. props. Yeah. And like the phaser two and the communicator. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And then eventually and the, tricorder, the tricorder. And the Klingon disruptor. And right. then they made this Star Trek six assault or the Star Trek five assault right. rifle. Okay, I've heard uh, the uh, phaser, the phaser, 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 right? Phaser, 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 um, and Diamond has done a good job making them too, kind of in a lower price point. Absolutely, I mean those, yeah. those Diamond Diamond Select was yep. it? Yeah, uh, phasers and the ships, the line of ships that they extended. It, Absolutely, yes. they were better than the more accurate than the Playmate ships. Well, well right. just talking about the prop real quick, the very notion as a DeForest Kelly devoted fan that there is a tricorder where his, I mean, because that's into the weeds. As to, I mean, it's like. I think we all, a lot of us like McCoy, but we don't often get McCoy stuff. So right. when they made that, I was like, that's a really neat thing. And then, you know, we, it's actually his voice and not like someone else. So I thought right. that was fun. And it came with a little, uh, what do you call it? The scanner, scanner the medical, medical scanner. scanner. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, it's great. I mean, that's the, but again, most of these toys uh, happened several years ago. Right. Now, mm-hmm. we basically, we're waiting for maybe one more QMX figure to show up, but that's it. And that's it. What does that mean, QMX? QMX, QMX is, a company. is the company that makes the the sixth scale, like Hot Toys. Another they're they're like Hot Toys, okay. but they're they make other things. Now, what's the price point for a figure for hundred and fifty bucks? That's yeah. not that bad considering some of the Hot Toys I'm aware of can get in the three hundred. Absolutely, like one, the, like the Superman was a lot of like money. Like they did Kirk, Spock, McCoy. I don't know if Scotty is Scotty is out. Scotty's out Scotty and, and Sulu, Sulu is coming. Is this from the sixties? No, Sulu is out. Is Sulu I out? I have Sulu. Okay, yeah. this is sixties outfits. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, are they going to do? And they did Uhura? Con. Con. And they did Con from Space Seed. Are they going to do Uhura, Chuck, uh, and Chekhov? I, I think the prognosis is grim. Yeah, because not enough people buy them. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, hmm. Star Trek toys have never been the Playmates toys were a huge seller because they were coming out at the zenith of Star Trek's. Arguably, the zenith of Trek's popularity was between 1990 and 94. You know, the the end of the end of Next Generation on the air, and then yeah. the Generations movie bringing the two generations together with Kirk. And whether that you like that thing or yeah. not, they're on the cover of Time magazine. Star Trek was hugely popular yeah. in the 90s, and that the, the Playmates line sold incredibly well right. until they ran out of things to sell. Yeah. You know, then they're like, we'll, we'll have the individual. They made action figures that were half-beamed. Right. Remember those that, that were half-clear? That was like clear? the last 10 minutes of the line. Like, the yep. Transporter right. series. The Transporter yeah, yeah, series. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you got... And of course, if you've been collecting all the Playmates figures, you have to buy those. But, but it's the best it's time to grab them. It was extremely clever because they were using the tooling that they already sure. had. right. And it <laughs> totally. didn't cost them anything else. <laughs> and See, they but, had a whole but, new figure. But those are the ones that, like, if somebody goes back to the Playmates, like, dude, you mean they made ones that were, like, transparent called the transport because a lot of people, you know, jumped off that, right. you know, boat at that point. I, I got to tell you guys, this this is this is what blew my mind. You guys may or may not be aware of this, but what's the Spock? He's about maybe 15 inches high, has clothes, real clothes, um, not not a high price point. Do you guys know which one is a current release within the last couple of years? Do you have any idea of... 15 inches tall? Yeah, 12 inch maybe. I, 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 maybe have, nine I have a inch, really tall trying, Spock Maybe not that this big. big. Well, any, anyway, so he's a Spock. Maybe he's only about 8 or 9 inches. But uh-huh. anyway, so I'm looking at this Mr. Spock, and I'm looking at the cuff on the 60s pant, and I'm just starting to go, oh, my God, this is hysterical. It's got the Phase 2 cuff on there. And the reason it does is because the toy company 
got a hold of a collector who had real Star Trek stuff and said, can we see your stuff? And oh. the guy, he's one of these newer Star Trek people that have stuff but don't really understand what right. they have. Well, a plethora you'd of the, the props, Star Trek. You haven't earned the knowledge. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, just, just like Ray and Star Wars. Anyway, we won't even go back. <laughs> no, but, um, but what happened is, you know, all the pants were found, or a lot of them were found at the Christie sale, and they were in phase two condition. Right. So they have the seven or eight inch cuffs. So this guy goes and says, yeah, here's my original 60s Star Trek pants right. and, and top was, and they copied it, it and not knowing that, yeah, yeah and so look for the spock he's got the phase two cuff and i'm oh, going that's interesting that's hilarious you know do you guys think i mean kids are always going to have toys but aside from say the marvel toys which people are always going to buy are kids in 50 years like we've been talking about how we star trek toys have been a part of our lives for the better yeah. part of half a century are star trek toys something I mean, Star Trek now is not in a position. I think one of the things that's interesting about the J.J. Abrams movies is nobody cares. Like, ultimately, certainly kids don't. They, the, 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 toy, the toys, the, even the people, even the filmmakers didn't care enough to make sure that they had good toys coming out from those movies. And while there's yeah. been some model kits and Eagle Moss has made some, some ship mm-hmm. replicas, right. for the most part, even, even I think you'll agree, the phaser in the, with the rotating... Emitter is the goofiest, most ridiculous prop ever. Is there a future for Star Wars toys? Star Wars? I mean, pardon me, Star Trek toys? Is there a future for Star Trek toys? I don't think there's a future, truthfully, for either. And I think Star Wars is already, I mean, you know, I don't know where it was, but you know that it's official that the sales were down for the toys for like the first time, like ever. It may be since like 86 when Lucas, when that's when they were putting the coins on the figures and they're like, put something shiny in the package. Power of the Force. Yeah. Power of the Force. That was the, that was the, the downturn in Star Wars. When I saw the shuttle craft at, for 1698 at KB on blowout, the Tigerium shuttle, I was just like, this is good for me, but it's not good for Star Wars or Kenner, as you know, because by that time I was old enough to kind of think like you guys were in some of the earlier stories, like, uh oh. Okay, you know? but do you think? I, I mean, I think toys. I think action figure toys. Again, it goes back to the fact that I think video games, photorealistic video games, especially if you're playing in a sandbox game, like a ba- Battlefront game, is it's kind of a sandbox mm-hmm. game, or you, when you can actually play. Like what's if you if you have two action figures fighting that's not nearly as interesting as getting a photorealistic PlayStation Four game where no. where you can fight the Empire or be the Empire and fight the rebels. I mean, why would I you think, possibly? I think have the toys? whole toy industry is going under massive upheaval, um, primarily because the sort of middle to older kids are not interested in them anymore. Uh, I think smaller kids still are sure smaller because you kids, don't know any better, right? Um, but yeah, I think that it's a it's a big problem for toy manufacturers because there's just no uh, there's no big demand anymore. And, the kids don't want to go out and, and ride their bikes. Of their, you, know, you know, most of their sales are coming from older guys. Right. Mostly guys. Women, women do too, but it's mostly guys. And I think that that's you know that's slowly dying away too, mostly because. We are slowly dying away. But then the popularity of Legos has never been more popular. You may, right. Absolutely. You know, and, and, and if you're a kid, I know kids who are wicked Lego builders. Of and course. now you've got adults who are, you know, building 5,000-piece Star Destroyers and yeah. things like that. So Legos aren't going away. Yeah, no. Legos are special. They're a special thing. They're They're like a different universe, literally. Because it, you know, that actually takes active play and 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 thought. Educational and, toys. I don't know if you could say that Star Wars figures are educational toys. I mean, we can joke and say, of course they are, but I mean, but you know what I'm saying. It's like there, sure. there's a Look, difference between Lego and the action figures. This week, the week that we're recording this podcast, Lego announces that they're going to re-release their Star Destroyer collector set oh, okay. from the early aughts, which I got when it first came out. Is this the one that's like two Se- feet, it, three feet? It's, three, it's ginormous. It's yeah. $700. This, okay. This, okay. 
I mean, I salad. I, I have a Pavlovian response to this, so I because when when it first came out, it was very rickety and held together with magnets, and I ho- I had okay. it in my office. It's like this big. It's gigantic. Okay, okay. Takes like five weeks to put together, kind of a thing. It took me. It took me about a week, literally, That's, and okay. I was working on for hours. I, I, I was building it in my office back in the. Uh, it was insane, <laughs> but it was. And, and you look at this, and people are excited. People are talking about it online on social media. People, ah, seven hundred dollars. Who cares? You know, or they'll release like a Unicron, the Transformers Unicron that Hasbro, the Haslab will do when they get eight, uh, when they get so many orders for five hundred dollars. You're talking about no, that's that's not a Lego, that's the actual Transformers. Yeah, but now they're now they're going to be like, if we get eight thousand orders, pre-orders for five hundred bucks each. Yeah. Then we'll actually build this toy. They had it at Comic Con. Was it a release back in the day? No. This is oh, a brand okay, new okay, toy. Okay. It's Unicron, the planet from the Transformers animated movie. That's awesome because right. I was going to say with Transformers, Played I've been buying them yeah. for my kid the because the, they've been re releasing them and not. Ha- I never had them back in the day, right. but I seem to remember. There weren't there metal parts on them? Absolutely. That, okay, nowadays it's all plastic. Right. So right. If they've run the molds. But the, it doesn't have the the ruggedness that right. they used to have anyway. So I was I was going to say that uh, disappointed with that. But they so look good. We didn't really answer this question. It was posed before. What what toy would you like to see that they haven't made yet? What what does your heart desire? There's that's an e- I have an easy answer for that, yeah. and I think you might have the same one. I want a one sixth scale, absolutely accurate. Classic Enterprise Bridge. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. That's totally illuminated, and it would have the curved sides, sure. and, and it would come with a, a, a clear plastic top. So that, that would, you would be look, big. It would be big. And, yeah, and, very big. And how it should work, how it should work is you buy it in sections like sure. Playmates did. And they already made, they made the six-scale captain's chair. It, yeah. It, it, it's not, it doesn't have all of the, it there, right. but the captain's right. chair is there. It was illuminated. It lights awesome. up. It's got sounds. The price point is is there, right? But like you're saying, who's going to buy something like that? Right. It's the space. That I think that you know. Is, you know. Well, I'll tell you. Do glass you guys... coffee table. A massive. It could be a family dinner table. Yeah. You well, can it, encase it, it, it in would glass. Be, it would be nine feet in diameter. Good. <laughs> no, it wouldn't be that. I mean, yeah, if you it think would. about it. No, no, no. It would. It, it wouldn't be much bigger than this. No, it it, it would. Well, right there, you're you're doing about five feet. That's about five feet already. Well, have you guys seen uh, from the the world of Walt Disney collectibles and all that, which is uh, you know we'll stay very brief on that, but the Olszewski miniature buildings that they make for like Disneyland, they're they're I like think so. they're like HO scale, right? And they make they're, they're kind of like uh, the what the the precious moments or, or yeah, but they're in they're that like vein. they're like uh, they're not resin, but but they're not you know like they uh, call them the cold porcelain. cast porcelain, right? right. So right. they can get detail, but they basically make it so you can plug in every building and then and it all lights up and it, and it looks photorealistic right. after you build the freaking thing. I mean, right. Can you imagine if they did that for like stage nine? And it's like the bridge, and then you know, and then you, that would be pretty yeah. amazing. But that's the size that you can do stuff like that with, you know. But right. but well, I get what you're saying. You want your figures to go on the well, set. Well, I'll tell you what's a new thing that is new that I'm seeing that I just mm. bought. There, twelfth scale figures are all the rage. All mm. action figures are now going to twelfth scale collectors sets. They started out with the Star Wars black figures. Okay. And now and so what they are doing is they are building it, it's so funny because it goes back to Mego. Mm-hmm. They're making cardboard printed right. paperboard right? printed uh diorama sets. environments. Yeah. Like nice. you can get a warehouse environment, a, a ramshackle like crime alley nice. environment. Yeah. You know, where they're pretty big. And they're multi-layered, right? And you know, maybe if we could, if we knew somebody who might pitch the idea of making a six-scale bridge that yeah. you could make, kind of like that. I don't know. Maybe somebody could make you something know, like I've, that. Uh, I've actually pursued that kind of. Have thing. Have you now? I have. Um, let's just say no one bit. Well, you build the files and it gets printed, right? That's how everyone does it nowadays. You know. So. Well, I mean that. That's one way to do uh, to crowdsource it and and do it that way. But um, you know, it's uh, the thing is that the amount you'd have to charge for something like that on a short run thing, right, is 
kind of beyond the value of what it actually is. Sure. And, you know, I think someone could be certainly convinced to pay, you know, $250 for a wedge of the bridge, right, that lights up and is, you know, sixth six scale. Um, I think that that's a reasonable price to charge for one wedge of the bridge. Unfortunately, there's like 11 of them that you need to put together. So the price of that gets ginormous. So it's a little difficult to sort of sell um, to a, a, a wider market that would make it viable. There but, are people out there that would do it, but not enough oh, that would course. make it of course, a, a but money you would have maker. to pay even more for but that. But I think like this environment, like I just bought one of these paperboard, and I, don't, I haven't received it yet, but I bought it from a company, and I'm I, it was fifty dollars, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> you know it's for again six uh, twelve scale figures, right. so six inch figures. It's pretty sizable. I'm curious when I get it what it actually mm. looks like. Right. How good is the printing? How and and they're doing. It's really interesting. You can now buy like. Uh, Kitbash 3D, mm-hmm. which is a digital where you can buy like a Blade Runner city, you right. know, and it sells you. You you you. That's cool. If you have 3D modeling software, you can. It's for digital for video right. games or whatever movies or. But yeah. it's amazing. To I have me, some of those. It's they're inc- really expensive. But yeah. Yes, but they're pretty cool. They're pretty cool. But of course, you have to have the skill for doing 3D. Right. Of course. <laughs> But I'm like, if you know, you could get somebody to buy. If you could make it economical, like, how can't I get a widget for a hundred dollars instead of two hundred and fifty dollars? I think uh, as technology gets cheaper for three D printers and for the ability to make those things, uh, the the learning curve, you know, gets a little less steep. I think we're going to see a lot more of that kind of stuff. Um, you're seeing a little bit of it now. Uh, in places like Thingiverse and things like that, where you can, you know, basically have it printed, but it's still way too expensive to print big things. So I think that the sad part about all this is all of these are licensed properties. Star Trek, you're never going to be able to go to Paramount and convince them, I want to start a new toy company, right. and I want to make photorealistic. Like QMX is a big licensee of of Paramount or, yeah. or CBS, mm-hmm. and and if you want them, look, it's great to have a six scale con. And I love it. It's a great yeah. figure, truly yeah. a great figure. The outfit is great. The uniform that he's wearing, he's wearing his red mm-hmm. jumpsuit from back in the day that yeah. they, he, all of his crew puts right. on in Space Seed. I would love to get a lot of the Star Trek guest stars. Absolutely. But the problem is we don't have the market. The market isn't there. No. There's no market to buy these things. Yeah. So we're we're literally mm-hmm. seeing the tail end of a whole market of Star Trek toys that'll never yeah. come again. Yeah, it just, there's no reason. Didn't for it. happen. Yeah, it's like anybody that didn't get made back when it was at its peak is just we're never going to see it. You know, I was going to say that licensing Star Trek stuff, uh, and we can all know we were in that arena. It's you know you can do it. It just depended on the year you were trying to license it. When it was right. probably now, if it wasn't for the fact that I know that they probably have a bottleneck with having a small staff, I bet you you could probably license anything you want within reason because within reason but i mean but i understand you know the people that manage it you know have their hands full with everything else they're doing sure. so but um you know i was going to say you know in regards to the toy that i'd want to see i don't know if i even i feel like i've kind of seen everything what i want to do is i want somebody to build like a virtual reality thing of 40 acres you know where they filmed it so the, i could like the back walk lot the in back Culver lot. city where they shot all that stuff and yeah uh, and uh, Mayberry as well. and uh, With all the ruins Batman. of Gone with the Wind, but, you yeah. know, where they shot the return of the Archons and stuff like that. That's that's what I want to do. That's a pretty that's a pretty specific thing. That is pretty <laughs> it, it is, but I, I got to ask Robert Burnett if he knows this. Do, did you, do you know about the episode of Batman with False Face? Where, yeah. yeah, where they're driving around 40 acres. And then do you know about, of course, the fun shot from... Uh, uh, God, it's one of the 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 maybe our um, Andy Griffith show where Opie's on his bike and he's like riding past the Twenty First Street Mission because it's all set decorated for Star Trek, right? And of course they were like, okay, Star Trek shooting, it works for our show. We're not going to have them mm-hmm. take it. So oh, oh, go just ride your bike, run on by. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Classic. What about you, Darren? Before we wrap this article or this episode up, <laughs> what what is if you could have any Star Trek toy? You know, I. I ha- pretty much have all the Star Trek toys that I've ever wanted. Um, a- after the you know prop replicas made by Master Replicas and and the uh, 
amazing sort of three-foot enterprise model that they produced. That's one of the best pieces it's, ever done. It's still glorious. Um, what I would like is if someone would do a, ver- a, a scale of that pre-built of the motion picture enterprise. That would be awesome. amazing. But it costs it cost $10,000. <laughs> you know, that's the problem. Would you want the pearlescent paint, or would you yes. like the Star Trek II no, dull coated no, over no, the pearlescent no. paint version? My, my, mine, uh, mine's pretty good. My one three hundred fifty scale. Did you paint it yourself? No. Did you, oh, okay, no. I had it professionally done. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could have done it yourself. Well, Just a lot of I'm time. I'm talking about a pre-built toy. Right. Toys. Right. Toys. Well, I, I think we need to come up from air from this deep dive episode. This was. This has been a lot this of fun. Into the weeds. I want to. I want to thank uh, Rob Klein for joining us for this one. This thank was you. a lot of fun. Thank, thank you for you having me. For bringing your enthusiasm and your enthusiasms uh, <laughs> and your expertise. And your memories. You're talking about memories. And, of course, Rob Burnett, on loan from the Burnett work. Uh, thank you for joining us. It was great. An episode we could only have done if Mark wasn't here. <laughs> memories, friends, 8 by 10s Oh, my goodness. I want to thank everybody for joining us on Inglorious Trexperts. And if you're a fan of this podcast, you may want to check out Electric Surge's other podcasts, like the 430 Movie, every Friday, in which a group of writers and producers curate fantasy theme weeks of classic movies, and The Rebel and the Rogue, a Star Wars podcast every uh, Tuesday, and Best Movies Never Made every other Monday. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts, and if you didn't, don't rate us at all. Um, And you can also follow us at at Inglorious Trek on Twitter or at Inglorious Trexperts on Instagram. And also join us on www.ingloriousTrexperts.com and you can uh, look at our lovely swag. Also, very special thanks to Bill Ritter and everyone here at Electric Surge Network and, of course, producer Natalie Mascali. And, of course, Dean Devlin, without whom this show would not be possible. So, until next Saturday, keep on trekking. Ingloriously, of course. Shh. Engage? This show is produced by Dean Devlin and Mark A. Altman and is an Electric Surge Network production.